Good morning, brothers and sisters. Um, I have really been struggling trying to make this video for a number of reasons. One, because I keep getting interrupted, but also um, because I'm so afraid that I'm going to say something wrong. Um, I want you to understand that I am learning as I go along, and I am not saying that this absolutely is um, what is going to happen, but I feel a burden to show you what I am seeing so that you can take it to Yah, to, to Heavenly Father yourself, and um, begin to ponder these things so that um, we will be found watching, um, because I do believe we're in the last hour. So, notice that in the skies right now, um, let me just pull up the time stamp. Um, right there. Okay. Um, as you can see, this is 226, 2024, 834 AM. This is our exact time that we're in right now. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm also having a hard time with my voice today. So as you can see, if, if, if the sun weren't out, we would see, um, the sun, Mercury and Saturn all clustered together over here and Venus and Mars clustered together over here. And let me go ahead and turn on um, this. So, right, and this is in the southeast sky. I always like to see the direction that we're looking. Alrighty, so I'm gonna go ahead and turn the art on so that we can see where they are. All right, right now Venus and Mars are together. Mars represents war. Um, and Venus is in the sea goat, which is really interesting. So it is representing fish and goat, right? And remember that um, Yahushua Mashiach has said that he is going to separate the goats from the sheep, right? Or in this case, the fish from the goats. So there is a war going on. In, in I believe in the dualism that's been happening where the wheat and the tares are together right now but there is strife between the wheat and the tares so come over here this is where it starts getting really interesting <clears throat> now watch I'm going to move this for a couple of days hopefully this thing will act right alright so now that we've come a couple of days further, we've got Saturn and Mercury in conjunction. Saturn represents the dragon or Satan. Mercury is um, the messenger. And then the sun, I believe, represents Yahushua Mashiach, Jesus Christ. So here we are. All three of them are lined up on the edge of the waters. And we have... In Revelation 12, we are told, Now when the dragon saw that he had been cast to the earth, he persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child. The male child is the kingdom of God. Um, as a matter of fact, I should probably go there and read with you Isaiah 66. So let me just pull that up real quick. Alrighty, so in Isaiah 66, this is the coming forth of the kingdom of God on earth. Um, that's basically what the theme is. It's the very last chapter of Isaiah. Anyway, and it says right here in verse 7, before she was in labor, who is she? She is the woman who gives birth to the child. Now, the first birth of the child, let's just lay that out there because there are people that are going to get upset with me. Um, there's so many ways that people think about things. Um, so in order for the kingdom of God to be birthed on the earth, of course, first we had to have the birth of the Messiah, the Mashiach, Jesus Christ. That was the first step. And so of course, <clears throat> in its first iteration, that was the man child. But then 
we have to have the birthing of his kingdom. In other words, the bride getting herself ready and being able to become the bride of Christ. Okay, because what is he ruling over? He's ruling over others. So he can't, he's not, even though he is the head of the kingdom, he has to have subjects. And so now we're talking about the subjects. Before she was in labor, she gave birth. So this is the Revelation 12 sign, which makes perfect sense because no one was really awake until the time or was waking up just before the, um, the, the Revelation 12 sign. And most people have woken up since the Revelation 12 sign, which is interesting. Um, and, and, and it was after that, that we had, um, the, um, the, the, the COVID that went through the land and, you know, all of these different strivings that we've had to deal with. Before she was in labor, she gave birth. Before her pain came, she delivered a male child. Who has heard such a thing? Who has seen such things? Shall the earth be made to give birth in one day, or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion was in labor, that's the woman, she gave birth to her children. What is the what are her children? The children are the kingdom of God. Shall I bring to the time of birth and not cause delivery, says Yahweh? Shall I I who caused delivery shut up the womb, says your God, says your Elohim. Rejoice with Jerusalem and be glad with her, all you who love her. This is what was born, the new Jerusalem. That is what was birthed. Okay. All right. So, so back at Revelation 12, it says, but the woman was given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness to her place. So I just want to bring us back to um, wh why this um, why this mention of the eagle's wings is given in Revelation 12. It's to cast our minds back to what we're already been given in the Old Testament. Exodus 19.4 This is what you are to tell the house of Jacob and explain to the sons of Israel. You have seen for yourselves what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you will be my treasured possession out of all the nations for the whole earth is mine. So back in the book of Exodus, Yahweh compared or, or, I guess, yeah, compared his bringing the people out of Egypt to him carrying them on eagle's wings and being brought to himself. So what we're reading about in Revelation chapter 12 is the new exodus that's going to happen. So now we're going to go to prophecy. And what we just read in Exodus was a message to Jacob and Israel. And this is a message in the latter days to Jacob and Israel. It's the same message and it's the same people. This is the second time he's going to gather his people. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from Yahweh, and my just claim is passed over by my Elohim? Have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting Elohim, Yahweh, the creator of of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on Yahweh shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So this second exodus is being described in the same way as being placed on eagle's wings to be taken into the place of safety that's been prepared. I'm back in Revelation 12, verse 14. But the woman was given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness to her place. Second exodus where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time from the presence of the serpent, three and a half years. 
So the serpent spewed water out of his mouth like a flood after the woman. So he's angry and he doesn't want the woman to be able to go into her place of safety that he might cause her to be carried away by the flood. But the earth helped the woman. I believe this is a great earthquake that's going to happen. And the earth opened its mouth and swallowed up the flood, which the dragon had spewed out of his mouth. And the dragon was enraged with the woman, and he went to make war with the rest of her offspring, who keep the commandments of um, of Elohim and have the testimony of Yehoshamashiach, of Jesus Christ. So here we are. So that is the point at which, um, so you have the first set that are brought into um, their place of safety into Goshen, into the, into the New Jerusalem, into the place that's prepared. Okay. The 144,000. And then they're going to become the hunters, just like it says in the book of Jeremiah. And they're going to go out and the rest of these, um, the, the seed of the women who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ, they're going to go and bring them through the great exodus to the land that's been prepared. Okay, I'm in Jeremiah chapter 16. Behold, let's see, we'll start in 14. Um, Therefore, behold, the days are coming, says Yahweh, that it shall no more be said, Yahweh lives, who brought up the children of Israel from the land of Egypt. But Yahweh lives, who brought up the children of Israel from the land of the north and from all the lands where he had driven them. For I will bring them back into their land, which I gave to their fathers. Behold, I will send for many fishermen, says Yahweh, and they shall fish them, okay, which has already happened. That's the Great Commission. That's the church age. And afterward, I will send for many hunters, and they shall hunt them from every mountain and every hill. Who are they hunting? Who are they hunting? They're hunting for Israel. It says, for I will bring them back into their land. It says, it says, Yahweh lives who brought up the children of Israel from the land of the north and all the lands where he had driven them. That's what they're hunting for. It's for the rest of his people. And I shall hunt them from every mountain and every hill and out of the holes of the rocks. For my eyes are on all their ways. They are not hidden from my face, nor is their iniquity hidden from my eyes. Okay. So. Let's go back. Um, hang on. Okay, so now what I want to do is I want to come back into here, into Stellarium, and talk to you about what I found. So, <clears throat> notice that on February 28th, that's this Thursday, these three um, planets, um, wandering stars, are lined up at the waters of Aquarius. I believe this is the beginning of what we just read in Revelation 12, that the dragon is going to begin spewing the waters out, spewing out the flood to try to keep the woman from going into her place of safety. Now we're going to find, here is the woman represented by the wandering star Venus, by the planet Venus. Here, um, we're going to find that um, Venus is going to have to take a trek across these waters, through Pisces, through Aries, and is going to land over here in the land of the Pleiades, of the seven sisters, of the seven churches, okay, um, in Goshen, because the, the bull represents Joseph, and it also represents Egypt. So this is Joseph in Egypt, and that is where it's all going to happen. I've read that scripture so many times. Go back to Isaiah 19, if you're not sure what I'm talking about. It talks about the five cities of righteousness that are going to be established in the land of Egypt in the latter days. Okay. That is where this is all going down. And I believe that's the United States of America. That's where his people have been gathered. In the last video I did, we found out um, that, um, um, no, two videos ago, we talked about the fact, I think it was two videos ago, that Joseph um, being, um, Ephraim and Manasseh and, um, Benjamin were all together in a place and, and that place is Egypt. Okay. The United States of America. Okay. Spiritually called Egypt because his people are there, but they're in bondage again to taskmasters. They're under, 
um, the rule of the wicked Assyrian who's come into their land. Um, all of this I've I explained in many, many videos. So I'm going to move forward for the sake of time. Um, <clears throat> so one thing that I want to point out is that there is exactly 40 days between this occurring on February 28th and the April 8th sign, which is the great eclipse that's going to cross America. And I don't think that's a coincidence because the rains came down, right, during the floods of Noah for 40 days. So, and this time, instead of getting on the ark, on the physical ark, we have to get onto the ark of the covenant, the mercy seat. That is, who is the mercy seat? Yehushua Mashiach. We have to get in Christ in the Mashiach. That is our ark. That is, that is what is going to take us safely through these waters that are being spewed out. Now, the next thing that we want to do is we, I'm going to highlight Venus because we're going to follow um, her trek into safety. Okay, there was a piece that I forgot to tell you, um, and that is I keep wanting to look at the moon. I believe that the moon represents Israel. The moon is a reflection of the light of Christ of the Mashiach. The Mashiach is represented by the sun. The moon is the reflection of that light. The moon is Israel. So right now, um, as the dragon is getting ready to spew out this flood, Israel is in Spica, is, is, is in the woman representing the harvest that is about to come. Now the moon at this point is illuminated 86%. This is not a full moon. Um, but it's like a shadow of what's coming. So let's go ahead and take um, Venus, not quite that far. We're gonna go back a few days to, I've got notes here, so about March 20th. So um, notice in March 20th is when Venus is about to cross the waters and is even on the 21st going to come into conjunction with Saturn. I believe that this is going to be a time of great darkness for the woman. This is going to be like the worst of times. It is a three-day period. And I can't help but wonder if this is the three days of darkness. It's, it's, it's kind of like another shadow of the sign of Jonah, right? Three days again, just like... Um, Yahushua was three days in the tomb and while he was in the tomb where did he go he went down to Sheol with the keys and opened um, opened um, up the captivity of his people that were there well look it's like we're going into the bowels of Sheol because we come into conjunction at that point with Satan with Saturn, it's like we're, we're facing him dead on. Um, so anyway, I notice Mars, which represents war, is in Aquarius at this point. So, I mean, do I know for sure that this is what's going to happen and it's what it represents? No, but I'm just telling you what's in my mind, right? And notice where the moon is at this point. So first of all, the moon is at, um, where is it? Um, 88%. It's, it's growing in its light right now, but it's at the mouth of the lion. Like it's, um, at the point of being devoured. So let's just keep going forward. We're going to go across the waters and then we're going to come to let me just find, oh, we're going to come to March 25th. So this is the 23rd, 24th, 25th. Now, I want to go back and look at the moon at this point. So notice where the moon is. The moon is in the arm of the woman. And I actually wanted to show you the animation because here it's 8 o'clock in the morning. So the moon is not going to be visible yet. But I want to show you what we are going to see. Um on the night of the 25th going into the 26th. So you could say it's the 25th, you could say it's the 26th. That's the hard thing um, about um, that is one of the hard things about 
um, trying to figure out dates is that we are not on his calendar system. And um, does the does the day start at sundown? Does the day start at sunup? I doubt that it starts at midnight. That doesn't make sense in the real world. So anyway, it's a it's a little bit difficult to figure out what day you're on. But let me just show you. So we are going to come to nightfall. Oh my goodness, why is it doing this to me? Why is it not dropping the land? Thank you. Like, what is going on here? So let me just, all right, so there's the sun. The sun is about to go down. Okay. And we are watching the heavenly procession. There's Leo, so here comes the woman. And what are we seeing at the end of the day? Here's the moon, and just before it sets, where is it? It's in the hand. It's here. This is representing the harvest, I believe. Because now it's not an 88% moon, it's a full moon. It's at 98.8%, 99%. And now I'm going to take off the um, the land and we can go just a little bit further forward. And as you can see, it just keeps traveling right into the wheat. Do you see that? Right into the wheat. I do believe that's significant. Another thing that I looked up about this is that after um, Israel crossed the Jordan River, first um, they um, circumcised all of the males because they didn't perform circumcis circumcisions while they were in the wilderness, which is interesting. They, they didn't do it until they crossed over Jordan. And so the camp was circumcised. Um, and then... After the circumcision, there was um, a number of days and they um, celebrated their first Passover. Which is interesting because the Passover occurs on a full moon and we are at this point almost at the full moon. So um, the night of the 26th is when it's going to become a full moon. So the other thing I wonder is, is this the first Passover? So the date that we were just looking at in Stellarium was March 26th. And I know that for it to be Passover, we have to pass over the equinox. Spring has to begin. And so I looked up the date of the spring equinox. And it says that it's March 19th at 11.06 p.m. Which is also interesting because here on March 19th was the day, like the preparation day, the day before um, the woman crosses over the great flood, which I find to be really interesting. Now, remember I told you it's 40 days from, um, from February 28th. When everything was lined up here and I felt like it was the beginning of the flood, like the announcement that the flood was about to begin. Um, and I believe that's why Mercury is there. Remember, Mercury is the messenger. This is the announcement. Get on the ark. The flood is about to begin. Um, and then we go um, March 19th, like I said in my mind is like the preparation day. Um, that is the spring equinox. So we have passed into spring at this point, And then we're going to cross the River Jordan on our way into the promised land. Remember, they didn't actually um, take possession of the promised land as soon as they crossed over the River Jordan. They had to go through some additional battles first, right? Um, and then we have the 
25th, 26th, which is three days later after crossing over. Now we've got um, um, the sign in the hand of the woman, the, the, the full moon, the beginning, of, I think, of, um, of um, Passover um, and the harvest. The harvest is finally happening. Um, another thing that's interesting is that the moon, which I said represents Israel, passes through Venus on the 7th of April. I think basically highlighting the woman as Israel, trying to show us, okay, this is Israel. This is what this is. And then the very next day, we have the April 8th great eclipse. Um, that passes over the United States. Now, the next thing that I want to mention is that um, we have March 25th, 26th, remember, is when the sign of the full moon was in Spica, representing the first fruits. Oh, by the way, I've got to show you something in scriptures. Okay, I'm in Revelation chapter 14. Those of you that know your way around Revelation know that we're going to talk about the 144,000. Then I looked and behold a lamb standing where? On Mount Zion. And what did we just see in, um, let's see if I still have it open. Yep, in Isaiah 66. For as soon as Zion was in labor, she gave birth to her children. So this is the theme that we're talking about. Um, so let's go back there. Then I looked and behold a lamb. That's got to be Yehusha Mashiach, Jesus Christ, standing on Mount Zion. And with him, 144,000 having his father's name written on their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven, like the voice of many waters and like the voice of loud thunder. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I heard the sound of harpists playing their harps now. Um, another thing that I was going to mention, by the way, and I forgot to, was on April 8th, when the great eclipse happens, I am wondering if that is a replay, because remember I told you they went across the Jericho, and then they were circumcised, which today the circumcision is the circumcision of the heart, so that would be um, that covenant that's going to be written on the heart of the people, finally, it's going to be written on our hearts and minds, and then you go um, three days later, you have the sign of the first fruits, right? Um, oh, I just lost where I was going. Oh, having their names written on their foreheads. Uh, oh, no, I was in the, um, and I heard a voice from heaven. Okay, so then after that, um, then we, we move forward and they, they had their Passover, which, you know, the first fruits is during Passover. And then... Then they had their great battle in Jericho and the walls fell down. Um, that was the emancipation, right, of Jericho. There were 33 kings in all um, that they had to overcome in the land to take the land back. But the first king fell and that was Jericho. Now, we are told that at the time, according to Isaiah, that the um, five cities of righteousness are going to be established in Egypt, that the Assyrian, which is in the land of Egypt, is going to be expelled from the land of Egypt. So I am wondering if that is like a replay of the Battle of Jericho. And that's what that um, April 8th, sign is about is the destruction of let's say Jericho or Nineveh or um, the Assyrian um, and the release into freedom of the people in that land so that the New Jerusalem then can be established because I think that the establishment of the New Jerusalem is coming in May um, and we're going to talk about that in just a second but let me finish reading this they sing as it were a new song before the throne, before the four living creatures and the elders. And no one could learn that song except the 144,000 who were redeemed from the earth. These are the ones who were not defiled with women for they are virgins. I believe that what it's talking about here is women. It's talking about um, the, the seven churches, right? Um, it's talking about corrupt religion. 
These are the ones who follow the Lamb wherever He goes. These were redeemed from among men, being first fruits. What did we just? What did I just say um, about first fruits? Right, the the first fruits happening during the Passover. And we have the sign of the full moon representing Israel. It's now come to her fullness. She's now prepared herself and made herself ready. She is a complete reflection of Yahushua Mashiach, of Jesus Christ. And there it is in the hand that represents of the woman where the barley or wheat sheaf is representing the harvest. First fruits, okay? These are the ones who were not defiled with women for they are virgins. They are the ones who follow the Lamb wherever He goes. These were redeemed from among men, being first fruits to God and to the Lamb. And in their mouth was found no deceit, for they are without fault before the throne of God. Now, from that time period, March 25th, March 26th, um, if you go, so that's first fruits. If you go 50 days forward, I want to show you where we are. Now remember, at the day of Pentecost, that was the anointing. That was when they were going to go out and start preaching um, the kingdom of God, right? Um, I find it really interesting that 50 days after the um, first fruits on March 25th, we have the woman entering into Taurus, which I believe represents the promised land where the New Jerusalem is going to be set up. And who's in there? Jupiter, which represents the kingdom of God. That's what was birthed in the woman in September of 2017, the kingdom of God. What else is in there? The sun, okay? The glory of the sun has now come. Um, to the kingdom of God. And look what else is in there. Uranus. Uranus is heaven. That's what the word means. So the, the kingdom of heaven has come to earth. Look at this. This is fascinating. And what else is in here? The Pleiades, the seven sisters, the seven churches. It's just amazing what, what is seen here. So then let's just kind of move forward from here. So, um, we have the sun that's going to go into conjunction with Jupiter, okay? So that is, I believe, the Son of God, um, Yahushua Mashiach, establishing his kingdom, the place of safety for um, Venus. But look at what Venus is doing. On the day that that happens, Venus is in conjunction with Uranus. So... Uh, that which represents heaven. Remember that um, in the, um, hang on, I'm going to read it to you. There are two places that I want to read to you, okay? First, and remember, in my mind, these signs happen over and over, um, just like the scriptures actually tell us, that there's nothing new under the sun, right? And that everything is in one eternal round. Um, so first there was the Son of God, who was Yahushua HaMashiach. Then there was the Kingdom of God, which is represented by Jupiter. Now we have the woman, which is the, 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 the subjects, the, the, the actual people of the Kingdom of God. And what does it say? And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon, having seven hens, heads and ten horns, and seven diadems on his heads. His tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. She bore a male child who was to rule the nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God and his throne. Then the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God that they should feed her there 1,260 days. So as soon as the child, which is the kingdom of God, was born, she was caught up to God and his throne. So let's just go look at Stellarium again. As soon as the 50 days passed, as soon as the anointing came, then what happened? Venus was caught up to Uranus, to, was, uh, came into conjunction with the, the wandering star or planet that represents heaven. 
just like the child being caught up. Is that not fascinating? Oh, and another thing that's interesting about that is that the anointing occurred on May 15th and the catching up to heaven is May 18th. That's three days later. Now, I've gone over this a number of times. Some people tell me this represents one individual. It can, but I think that it also represents um, Israel. I think it represents Israel. And I find it really interesting that Joshua, um, that the name of this person is Joshua. And Joshua was, was the one who was given um, the charge to lead Israel after Moses died. And Joshua was an Ephraimite. Because Ephraim is the one who is going to be the firstborn. We know that from the book of Jeremiah. Okay, so I'm going to start out here. Jeremiah 31, verse 6. For there shall be a day, so this is the latter days, when the watchman will cry, Where? On Mount Ephraim. Arise and let us go up to Zion, to Yahweh our Elohim. Now, Jeremiah 31, verse 9. <clears throat> Excuse me. They shall come with weeping and with supplications. I will lead them. I will cause them to walk by the rivers of waters. Okay, doesn't that remind you of um, Psalm 23? Um, in a straight way in which they shall not stumble. For I am a father to Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn. There it is. Ephraim is the firstborn. I think there was another scripture I was going to share, but I've lost my train of thought. So we're just going to move forward. Um, so we have... Um, the woman, oh, I know what it was now. Hang on. Also, I find it interesting. This is the, this is Zechariah chapter three, because we've had so many threes in the story in the skies that I just told you just three after three after three. Anyway, it says, then he showed me Joshua. Okay. Then he showed me Ephraim, right? The high priest standing before the angel of Yah, who is Yahushua HaMashiach. We'll know that in a minute. Um, and we go a little further and Satan standing at his right hand to oppose him. That's really interesting because remember that when we started this whole saga, we had the sun, Mercury and Satan all standing together um, at the shores of the water of Aquarius. So <clears throat> if the sun represents Yahushua Mashiach, Jesus Christ, okay. And then you have, of course, Saturn representing Satan. There they are standing together, right? Um, just like they're standing together here, because the angel of the Lord in this context is Yahushua Mashiach. Um, because later on, the angel of the Lord tells Joshua that his sins are forgiven. And only there's only one who can do that. And that is Jesus Christ, Yahushua Mashiach, the Savior of the world. That's it. He's the only one that can remit sins. So we know that's who this is in the story. So I'm going to actually replace that as I read with Jesus Christ to just make this clearer. <clears throat> then he showed me Joshua. So Joshua is Ephraim, which Ephraim doesn't just represent Ephraim. It's Ephraim and his fellows that are with him. We know that from um, um, Ezekiel 37. So this is right after the, um, the um, uh, prophecy of the dry bones. So right after that, we're here again. I'm in Ezekiel 37, verse 15. Again, the word of Yah came to me saying, As for you, son of man, take a stick for yourself and write on it. For Judah and for the children of Israel, his companions... Okay, so the stick of Judah is not just about Judah. It's also Judah plus all of the children of Israel that are with Judah. Then take another stick and write on it for Joseph, the stick of Ephraim, because Ephraim is the leading tribe of the northern kingdom, and for all the house of Israel, his companions. So when we're talking about Ephraim, we're not just talking about Ephraim. And I just want to come on down here and tell you what the story is. So the two sticks are going to be, oh, excuse me, I touched the microphone. The two sticks are going to be brought together and made one in, in his hand, in the hand of Yahweh. It says, then say to them, thus says Yahweh Elohim, surely I will take the children of Israel from among the nations. Okay, so this is what we're talking about, that second great exodus, wherever they have gone and will gather them from every side and bring them into their own land. Okay, that own land is 
Egypt, okay, where the New Jerusalem is going to be. That's originally where they're going to be gathered to. And then from there, they will go out and take back their lands um, with Jesus Christ, with the Yahushua Mashiach. When he, when that is, when he goes and stands on the Mount of Olives, you know, and then he has this group of people with him as well. Those are those that are coming out of Egypt at this point, where the New Jerusalem was established in the New Promised Land to the original Promised Land. There are two, and I did do a video on that, by the way. So go back. I don't remember if it was called Two Lands or, hang on, I'll look it up. I think it was this one. This sounds right to me. Jacob and the Everlasting Hills. I didn't realize it was already six months ago. I'll tell you what, the time is going really fast. Jacob and the Everlasting Hills talks about the two land grants um, and shows you the scriptural references for that. And we'll gather them. I'm back in Ezekiel 37, verse 22. I'm sorry, 21. And we'll gather them from every side and bring them into their own land. And I will make them one nation in the land on the mountains of Israel. And one king shall be king over them all. That's King Yahusha. They shall no longer be two nations, nor shall they ever be divided into kingdoms again. Okay, let me see if I can get through Zechariah without taking another, um, another detour. Then he showed me Joshua, or Ephraim, the high priest, standing before Yehusha Mashiach, Jesus Christ, and Satan standing at his right hand to oppose him because he's the opposer of the brethren. Actually, I do have to take another detour. It says right here in Revelation chapter 12. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren. What was Satan just doing here in Zechariah? Okay. Um, and Satan standing at his right hand to oppose or accuse him. If we go and look up the word, it actually means both of those things because I've studied that verse before. Anyway, it says, um, for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. Back over here. Then he showed me Joshua, the right, the, the high priest standing before um, Yehusha Mashiach and Satan standing at his right hand to oppose him. And Yahweh said to Satan, Yahweh rebuke you, Satan. Yahweh, who has chosen Jerusalem, the new Jerusalem. This is the establishment of the new Jerusalem. Rebuke you. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments. Ephraim, okay, the 144,000 were clothed with filthy garments and was standing before Yehusha Mashiach, Jesus Christ, the angel. Then he answered and spoke to those who stood before him saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. This is why we know that's Yehusha Mashiach, Jesus Christ. And to him, he said, see, I have removed your iniquity from you and will clothe you with rich robes. And I said, let them put a clean turban on his head. So a head dressing is a sign of power or authority. So they put a clean turban on his head and they put the clothes on him and the angel of Yah stood by Jesus Christ stood by. Then um, the angel of Yah admonished Joshua saying, thus says Yahweh Sabaot, if you will walk in my ways and if you will keep my command. So this is um, Jeremiah chapter 31. When that covenant is being placed, his laws are being placed on their hearts and in their minds. If you will walk in my ways and if you will keep my command, then you shall also judge my house and likewise have charge of my courts. I will give you places to walk among these who stand here. Hear, O Joshua, the high priest, you and your companions who sit before you, for they are a wondrous sign. So talking about 
they will be for a sign. Joshua will be for a sign. So um, Jeremiah 31, starting in verse 20, is he from my dear son? Is he a pleasant child? For though I spoke against him, I earnestly remember him still. Therefore, my heart yearns for him. I will surely have mercy on him, says Yahweh. Set up signposts, make landmarks, set your heart toward the highway, the way in which you went, turn back, O virgin of Israel, turn back um, to these, your cities. Now that's really interesting because once again, you know what, I'm just going to have to pull that up. Um, I'm going to go to Isaiah 19, turn back to these, your cities, because Isaiah 19 tells us <clears throat> in that day, five cities in the land of Egypt will speak the language of Canaan and swear by Yahweh Sabaoth. One will be called the city of destruction. Those are your five cities of righteousness that are going to be established. In that day, there will be an altar to Yah in the midst of the land of Egypt. That altar, the place um that's the new Jerusalem. Okay. And a pillar to Yah at its border, set up the signpost and it will be for a sign and for a witness to Yahweh Sabaoth in the land of Egypt, for they will cry to Yah because of the oppressors. He will send them a savior and a mighty one, and he will deliver them. Okay. Because he is going to stand before Satan, the accuser of our brethren. And Yahweh is going to say, I rebuke you, Satan. Then Yahweh will be known to Egypt and the Egyptians will know Yahweh in that day and will make sacrifice and offering. Yes, they will make a vow. That is the one mentioned in Jeremiah 31 um, to Yah and will um, perform it. Okay, so this is what we're talking about. It, the prophets talk about it over and again because it is a great day of the redemption of Israel. Hear, O Joshua, or hear, O Ephraim, the high priest, you and your companions who sit before you, the 144,000, for they are a wondrous sign. For behold, I am bringing forth my servant, the branch. For behold, the stone that I have laid before Joshua. Okay. Upon the stone are seven eyes. Behold, I will engrave its inscription. Says Yahweh Sabaot. And I will remove the iniquity of that land in one day. In that day, says Yahweh Sabaoth, everyone will invite his neighbor under his vine and under his fig tree. That is the establishment in my mind. This is talking about the establishment of the New Jerusalem. Okay, so let's just finish this procession that we're looking at in the heavens. So we have um, Venus, okay, being caught up, just like, you know, the child was caught up to heaven. And when he, the child is caught up to heaven, I believe that's what we just read in the book of Zechariah, chapter 3. Um, that is Joshua, the high priest, because he is creating a nation of kings and priests, right? Um, and uh, so I believe that's what's happening there. Um, and he is having the turban and the clean robes put on him. And, and now he's ready to enter um um, the new Jerusalem now that he is cleansed and has his clean robes on. So now let's go ahead and move this procession forward. We'll continue to follow, um, the woman. Um, and like I said, um, Jupiter is the, um, is the new Jerusalem. It is the place of safety and, um, the sun is there preparing it, getting it ready. So let's just go ahead and move forward. So we're one, two, three, four, five, boom. Um, the woman is now in the, um, in the kingdom. And the, something interesting about this also is that from the um, um, 15th, 16th, May 15th, 16th, um, which I'm thinking is the day of Pentecost um, until or is a reenactment of it until um, the woman gets into her place of safety is eight days. Eight days. Which, if you think of the story of Jesus and his coming to the temple, being shown in the temple and so on and so forth, eight days is really significant. 
Um, <clears throat> and then I'm just going to finish this. So now we're going to move the procession forward. And I don't think this is without significance. Look, then the sun goes into conjunction with um, the woman in the horns. And I think this is the commission. This is when the woman is sent out to hunt the rest of Israel and to bring them back in the great exodus. And where I get this from is the blessing that was given um, to Joseph, which would be Ephraim and Manasseh, um, by Moses. So let's just go read that real quick. So this is found in Deuteronomy 33. There you are with all these threes that keep popping up everywhere. Um, and of Joseph, he said, blessed of Yah is his land, is his land, the land of Joseph, with the precious things of heaven, with the dew, um, with the deep lying beneath. We're going to go on down. Um, and it says his glory and what just happened here. Okay. Look, Jesus Christ as the sun is basically acting as the glory over the woman, over Venus in the horns. Okay. Um, it's like the anointing that is happening. All glory goes to the Father and to Jesus Christ. I, I, the woman is not taking any glory upon herself. She is simply a reflection of the glory of God, right? So I want to make that clear. Um, all right, so it says right here, His glory is like a firstborn bull. There's the bull. And his horns, there's the horns, like the horns of a wild ox. Together with them, he shall push the peoples to the ends of the earth. I do believe this is them going out hunting, pushing the people to the new Jerusalem, which is being described as the ends of the earth. They are the ten thousands of Ephraim, and they are the thousands of Manasseh. Okay, I'm sure I forgot things that I wanted to say. I hope that was understandable. There was a lot going on there. Um, and I just pray for a blessing upon all of us from Yah. I pray that he will give us wisdom and understanding that the Holy Spirit, the Ruach, will come upon all of us, that we will not be deceived, and that we will um, be strengthened for the times that are coming. And I say this in the name of Jesus Christ, Yehusha Mashiach. Amen.